This is Brain Diet, episode number 68. I'm Taylor Ann Macy, and you are listening to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain good information. everyone. Welcome to the Brain Diet Podcast. Welcome to this episode. It is a great one. I'm really excited to be sharing it with you today. It is my conversation with certified sex and marriage coach, Amanda Lauder. I love Amanda. I love what she does. I love the conversations she is facilitating in the world. I love what she is helping accomplish among women and men. I love her so much. (laughs) And she and I both certified through the Life Coach School to become coaches. And as I was reflecting on this, I was so struck by obviously the differences in the people that we coach. I coach a lot of people on weight loss and she coaches a lot of people on sex. And those two are very, very different parts of life and different things, but they are all rooted in how we are thinking. How we are thinking affects every part of our life. And so it is so important to pay attention to that, to pay attention to what it is you are thinking and to take care of what it is you are thinking. So I loved this conversation that she and I had. I also will just mention that this episode isn't going to be rated explicit, but we do talk in detail about certain things. So just keep that in mind as you continue listening or as you have other people around listening that this episode has some more sensitive topics. You will be hearing all sorts of good things from Amanda in this episode. And if you are interested in finding her, her website is amandalouder.com. I will have that linked in the show notes. Be sure to check her out. Again, she is a master at what she does. And I feel so lucky that we got to sit down and have a conversation about something that needs to be talked about more. So with that, please enjoy my conversation with Amanda Lauder. All right, Amanda. Hi. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. (laughs) Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. This is so great because I feel like I am constantly referring people to your podcast. I, and not even on purpose, but I just feel like what it is that you do in the world is I'm, people are always wanting more of that. And so it's so fun that I'm constantly like talking about you to now be able to like actually sit down and chat with you so that we can talk about this a little bit more. (laughs) Yes. I am so looking forward to this conversation. Yes. It's so good. So you are a certified sex and marriage coach and you are kind of in the niche of helping Christian women embrace their sexuality. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about how you chose that niche. (laughs) Um, so I was first coaching women who were struggling in their marriage and contemplating divorce. I've been through divorce myself. So that was kind of where I decided to focus my energy at first. And, um, this is an area, sex is an area of my life that I've done a lot of work on for myself. And, um, as I was diving into coaching and helping people in their marriages, I noticed that sex was a big problem. And, I've come from a background where a family where we didn't talk about sex at all. And I'm a pretty open person. I'm, I'm an open book, just about everything. And so it's something that I've worked on a lot in myself and I talk about very openly and I did a couple podcasts on it and they were like my most downloaded podcasts to that point. 
And so I was like, okay, this is a topic that's interesting to people that we really need some more help in. And then I went away on a girl's weekend with a bunch of coaching friends, actually. And we rented a house and we spent the weekend and on the way home, they were like, Amanda, you need to change your niche because we have learned more about sex in a weekend from you than we have in 15 years of marriage. And I was like, Ooh, uh, I, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> like, I, I feel like I know a lot and I, I'm comfortable talking about it, but you know, I mean, there's the, there's the shame that comes in of like, I can't talk about this openly. What will people think of me? Right. And, um, and so I was like, yeah, I mean, I like, I'm feeling like maybe this is what I should do. And, um, so I came home and I talked to my husband and he was like, Oh, okay. I mean, I'll support (laughs) you, but just don't tell any stories about us. And I'm like, well, I'll just say that it's a client, even if it is us. So lots of stories are clients, but some of them are my own that I just did. Oh, totally. Totally. And I love this because you just posted this story on Instagram. I read it in your, one of your most recent posts. And I was thinking about it and I'm like, okay, you have a group of women who say they've learned more in a weekend than they have in 15 years about sex. And so I want to know, like, just from that weekend, like, what was it that you were talking about that they weren't talking about? What was it that those conversations were entailing that was like so eye-opening for these people? Um, the importance of pleasure. Okay. The importance of making sex about you and not him using vibrators. Mm-hmm. Like there were so many that were like, uh, that's just like for like nasty women. We mm-hmm. good women don't do that. And I'm like, Oh, but we do. But I had gone through that same thing myself years ago where yeah. I, I, when I was married to my first husband, I didn't have an orgasm for like 12 years in our marriage. I didn't even know how, I didn't even know I had a clitoris (laughs) for a very long time. And so, um, and then my friends were like, well, do you have a vibrator? I'm like, no, no. Do you guys have vibrators? And they were like, heck yeah. And I'm like, really? Like you're good Christian women. And they're like, yes. I'm like, okay. So I went on the, I told my ex-husband and he was like, okay, yeah, sure. I went on the internet and I bought four. Amazing. (laughs) Try them all out. Right. And they're like, oh my gosh, life changing. Right. And so it was things like that, just talking about sex in a way that they had never heard before yeah. because we don't talk about it. It's so private. And yes. I mean, it is, it's a sacred thing. It's a beautiful thing between a couple, but it's, it doesn't need to be secretive. Like we don't yes. need to go into to the nitty gritty details of what we did with our husband last night, yeah. but having conversations about sex and pleasure and the importance of that and making it about you. And it's not just for him. It's not a duty. It's not an obligation is very much part of my message. Yes. Well, and it's so fascinating to see how commonplace these mentalities are around sex. When you talk Mm -hmm. about like, you know, sex being about you, like no one thinks that way. Everyone thinks, I mean, not everyone, but I think it's so common for people to think it is a duty or that it's a chore or that it is all for your husband and, or your partner Mm -hmm. rather. And I think that it's fascinating to see that that is so commonplace. Why do you think that that is the way it is that so many women feel this way? As we are growing, grown up, to and taught that that men are the sexual ones it's our job as women to be desirable and it's the man's job to desire and that's very indoctrinated into culture Mm -hmm. um christian culture purity culture the just the culture especially within the united states that's just very much it like 
men are the sexual ones and we are there as the gatekeepers. Mm-hmm. We are there to fulfill their sexual needs. But women actually have a greater capacity for sexual pleasure than mm-hmm. men do. And um, I think that there are three very distinct purposes for sex. There's procreation, there's bonding between husband and wife, and there's pleasure. And those three are all equally important. Now, there's different times of your life where procreation is not part of it, right? Mm -hmm. So the rest of, I mean, that's the main focus is bonding between husband and wife and just for the fun of it, (laughs) for the pleasure. Like your body was meant to experience pleasure. Use that. Yeah. Well, and I remember I went to a workshop. It was like a three-day workshop that Jennifer Finlayson Fife put on Mm -hmm. and it was called the art of desire. And I think on a superficial level, I knew that it's like, or I I wanted to know that, that sex is for bonding and that it's for, Mm -hmm. you know, your own pleasure as well. And I think I like sort of, sort of believe, but not really, do you know what I mean? Right. I went to this workshop and she taught it. I think it was called the art of desire. And so it was yeah. the same thing. And it's like, we aren't meant to just be desirable. We are meant to learn to desire and all those things. It was amazing. Yeah. And there were so many things that she said that just hit home that align right with what you're saying, where it was like one thing that just blew my mind was that the clitoris, its sole function is for pleasure. That's it. Yeah. And yeah. so from a religious standpoint, I'm like, okay, if, if heavenly father, if God created our bodies and he created a structure with the specific purpose of pleasure, that's got to mean something, right? That's got to mean there's yes. more sex than just like serving a partner or serving yes. someone else. Well, and sex is so much more than penis in vagina intercourse, Yes, yes. right? Like for w- most women, intercourse is not that pleasurable. And there's a reason for that. Like if we had a lot of nerve endings there, having babies yeah. would be a whole lot more painful, right? <laughs> so that just shows that like, that is not where our pleasure lies. Yeah. It is for the man. And we're happy to do that most of the time. Right. But that is not where our pleasure lies and really focusing on our pleasure and being touched and stimulated in a way that invokes that, that is outside of intercourse. Like so many people think intercourse is the main event. Oh no, it's not. It's not. It is one small piece of a much bigger picture. Well, and I think in the context of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints as well, that there is a culture of it's like penis and vagina is, you know, we, we view oh. that as like the ultimate sin. If you're not in a relationship totally. or marriage. Yes. And yeah. so then there are like all these things that people will do these loopholes because it's <laughs> technically penis and, you know, and it's so yeah. fascinating to see that, that culture that, yeah, where they, we do create this massive, like mindset around penis and vagina when that's mm-hmm. like you said, such a small part of what a whole intimate experience really is. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's so much focus on that, that it really draws away from all the other things that you can and should be experiencing. Right. Right. So then in the context of you figuring out how to have an orgasm, you helping clients figure that same thing out for themselves. Mm -hmm. I think that there of course is a lot of importance on learning, like learning your body, learning what feels good, learning which types of stimulation work for you. Um, there are, you know, a lot of resources in the world that are like, try this, try that, you know, Kama Sutra and whatever. I think those are amazing, but especially you and I both being coaches, I know that there is 
so much more happening in the brain than just like, Mm -hmm. we'll just touch it a little bit better. Just relax a little bit more. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And so what do you feel like it was for you slash what do you see for your clients that helps them figure their bodies out apart from just like, you know, those tips more or less. The physical part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, really changing your mindset that sex can be for you. That is a big part of it. Mm -hmm. And then all, I mean, understanding that, but also keeping your mind present. That is one of the biggest things Mm. that women have such a hard time with is staying present in the moment because here we are, you know, being stimulated and yeah, it feels good, but oh, the dishes need done. And I need to arrange carpool for tomorrow. And I would need to put that on the grocery list. And really that keeps us from actually experiencing the full body pleasure. And a lot of times from, you know, even going over the edge. Yeah. keeps us there. Or if it's taking a long time, like, oh, he's probably getting bored. Does my stomach, you know, look too fat? Am I laying the right way? Like he probably has so many better things that he'd rather be doing. What this is taking so long. Like all of those things that go through our mind all the time, keep us from actually experiencing the full extent of our pleasure and orgasm. Yeah. So then where would you start with a person? Like, what would you say if they come to you and say, I have all these things where I sit there and I'm thinking about the laundry and the dishes and the carpool or how I look to him, or it's taking too long. Where do you start? So I'm like, well, come into my coaching program. Yeah, of course, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) But you have to also understand, okay, why are you choosing to focus on those things? Mm -hmm. How can we keep your mind in more control? So we work on my mindfulness practices, grounding practices, staying in the body rather than in the mind. I mean, even such a simple exercise as doing Kegels, Mm -hmm. if you're doing Kegels, then your mind goes to your vulva and your vagina rather than everything else. Like you can't really focus on other things while you're doing your Kegels, (laughs) right? So even doing that can like focus the energy where it needs to be rather than, you know, all the other things. Um, but you know, really a ground, good grounding practice is like paying attention to your five senses, which is again, getting into the body and out of the mind. Totally. So what am I smelling? Well, you know, what am I seeing? That is not like, Oh, I'm seeing that the ceiling fan needs to be dusted. It's <laughs> like, no, I'm looking into my partner's eyes. You know, what am I, what am I feeling? I'm feeling the sheets. I'm feeling his hands touching me. What am I tasting? The, you know, his chapstick, the, the taste of his tongue, the salt on his lips, whatever it is. What am I hearing? The rustle of the sheets, our breathing, is it in sync with each other? You know, his words of love, like all of that kind of stuff, really getting into the body rather than letting your mind run wild. Oh, I love that so much. And that's something that I feel like is, is crucial to, I mean, mental health in general, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm coaching constantly on like thought work and emotional work. And there's, there's like your body and your brain. And sometimes we have to focus on one over the other. And I think sex is such a prime example of where that's so necessary Mm -hmm. because otherwise our brain's not going to want to be where we are. It's going to want to be elsewhere. Right. Right. And during that time, using your brain in a way that increases arousal rather than, you know, drawing at you outside. So fantasizing, that's so, so important for women. And we're not used to that, especially when like, Oh, we're no, we're supposed to keep our thoughts pure and clean and stuff. I mean, just my podcast last week was all about that. You just did that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and I've done a few episodes on fantasy, but like we need that fantasy 
in order to, you know, stretch our erotic mind and increase that arousal. And, you know, I have people say, well, how do I, how do I do that and still stay connected to my Mm -hmm. spouse? Mm -hmm. And it's a matter of going inward and increasing that arousal and then taking in your spouse with it and then going back inward. So it's almost like a rocking motion. I kind of described like Mm -hmm. it's in and out and in and out. And that's constantly happening throughout the entire encounter. What you need to do to increase your own arousal. It's not your husband's job to give you an orgasm. It's right. your job, my friend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's got to be body and brain, right? Either expressing yeah. where you need to be touched or touching yourself and get it using your brain to get you there. And then going outward and including your spouse in that touching him, you know, exchanging those words of affection and, you know, things that drive up that arousal even further for both of you. Yeah. And I think that's so empowering. I think some people get a little bit bugged when it's like, well, no, it's your responsibility for your own orgasm. It's not anyone else's responsibility to accomplish that for you. And I think initially people are like, but that's not, you know, like they can get a little bit bugged by that. I think that's the best news in the world because it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. If this is on me, it means I'm the one that gets to look out for me. I'm the one that gets to make sure that I know what's going on. I'm the one kind of in the driver's seat. I don't have to depend on someone that doesn't know what I know, doesn't know what's yeah. going on with my body and doesn't understand my body the way that I do. I just think that's like the best news. So empowering. Right. And oh, I mean, we've been taught our entire lives. Don't touch yourself. Don't, you know, and like, that is so, so important that you understand your body. And if he's not doing it right, do it yourself. I was going to say, yeah, it's not his fault. I always <laughs> say you are one flesh. It doesn't matter whose hand is where. <laughs> so good. Oh my gosh. I love that. So then what do you think the idea of good sex, what does that mean to you? Good sex is pleasure Mm -hmm. and connection for both parties. And I don't really expand it beyond that. Like, I mean, it can totally be way more than that. Yeah. But when you can focus on pleasure, not necessarily orgasm, I think, although orgasms are totally great. Like I love to help people have orgasms, but Mm -hmm. pleasure and connection, that is really what good sex is. Mm. But you also have to experience, be able to have that for yourself, pleasure for yourself, connection to yourself, as well as to your spouse. Well, and let's talk a little bit more about the idea of pleasure, because I think many associate it with like exclusively the orgasm, like that's what sex is about. Mm-hmm. So tell me more about pleasure, what that means separate from orgasm pleasure is all just about feeling good or feeling good's purpose for that sake like it's not anything beyond that right and we our body is so capable of lots of different kinds of pleasure and so really taking the time to understand your body and not just your vulva or your clitoris but really like where else on your body can you experience pleasure and different kinds. So I, one of the things that I offer to, um, you know, potential clients and people that come to my website is my roadmap to personal pleasure. So you can go there and it's, um, got all of the, um, different body parts and different ways of being touched and, you know, hard, soft, fast, slow, you know, and then looking at how your body responds to that and, would you consider that pleasurable or not? Like some people would consider tickling very pleasurable. Other people hate it, right? So it's all personal interpretation, but really understanding how 
your body personally experienced pleasure. And you know what? I'll make this available to your audience. If they want to come to my website, go to amandalouder.com slash brain diet. And I will make a, a free downloadable for all of them as well. Awesome. Um, but then they can, um, they can go through this themselves and really taking the time. I mean, not just, you know, like your genitals, but like, I mean, behind the knees or your ears or your neck mm-hmm. or your back or your feet. Like, I mean, there's so many places on your body, erogenous zones on your body. That say, you, maybe think of friends. Yes. <laughs> right. zones. Seven, seven. Yeah. <laughs> okay. um, but then, you know, really taking the time and you don't have to do it all in one night. You can focus on maybe one or two areas in a mm-hmm. night and really just explore those a little bit more and use that as a way to connect and feel pleasure. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. Now, what are, I want to talk more about the obstacles to good sex. Cause I think that for, you know, a wife, a mother, a you know, stay at home mom, housekeeper, all of the things, mm-hmm. I think it's easy for women to put that last on the list because it's like, oh, well, I sure. feel pleasure. Everything else is so much more important. Like even if it's pleasurable, everything else is so much more important. Right. right. And so what do you think is the best way to learn to prioritize your own pleasure, prioritize mm-hmm. sex over the things that might seem more important? Well, we kind of have, again, this idea that we're supposed to sacrifice ourselves for our kids, our family, our husband, our home, everything. And sacrifice is a great thing, but at what expense? Yeah. And so Um, And we kind of have this spectrum where we think um, it's sacrifice on one end or we're selfish on the other end. And we, we want to go like, I can't be, you know, I don't want to be selfish. So I'm going to go all the way to self-sacrifice. And really what we want is a happy medium Mm -hmm. (laughs) right in the middle of that spectrum, right? Where yes, we're going to sacrifice for things sometimes. I mean, if we are nursing a baby, we're going to get up in the night and nurse a baby, right? Like there's things that we have to do. But when we can learn that taking care of ourselves and prioritizing ourselves is not selfish because it actually gives us more to be able to give to our family, then that's when things can get really good. So we have to find that balance. Mm. We also have to realize that we have to be our own individual. We are not just mom. We are not just wife right? We are our own individual. And it is more important that we belong to ourselves than anything else, that we understand ourselves, that we love ourselves, that we're, we give grace and compassion to ourselves. I mean, second great commandment, love thy neighbor as thyself. You have to love yourself first before you can love other people. So really taking the time to love yourself, and then you're going to have more to give. Now you've been taking care of kids, the house, jobs, whatever, all day long. And then you're thinking, oh, now I have to take care of him. And it's this scarcity mindset that like, you're constantly giving, giving, giving rather than like, now I get to be taken care of. Mm. And so we have to shift out of caretaker mode into our own self, sexy wife, whatever that is. Yep. Okay. Before we can be sexual, we can't be in caretaker mode and be sexual at the same time. Like mother and woman do not exist at the same time. Mm -hmm. So if we can create a little bit of space for ourselves to be our own person, it's going to be much easier for us to transition into sexy wife mode. So you need to advocate for yourself 
or if it's a husband listening, you advocate for your wife. Okay. Like I'm going to go take a bath. You get the kids to bed or I need to go for a run, or I'm going to go to a yoga class. I'm going to read a book. I'm going to get a massage, whatever it is so that you can center back on yourself. And then you're going to be much easier. It's going to be much easier for you to transition into mm-hmm. that sexy mode. Yes. Oh, that's so good. Well, and if we could really identify specifically like what the benefits are of a woman that consistently experiences pleasure that consistently, mm-hmm. you know, receives that for herself, what would you say the benefits are of, of that type of like physical connection with yourself and with the spouse on a regular basis? Yeah. I mean, you are a whole person <laughs> yeah, and everything gets so much better. So, I mean, in my program, the first thing we work on is your relationship with yourself, mm. understanding again, what you're thinking, feeling confidence, body love, all that kind of stuff. We have to get you really good with you first. And then we move into relationship, how to have a good relationship, how to navigate difficult conversations, how to drop expectations without being a doormat, (laughs) how to be able to say no and be okay when he gets grumpy, when you tell Mm -hmm. him no, Yeah. right? You have to be able to say no in order to truly say yes. So really understanding that dynamic in the marriage And then we move into sex because great sex is a byproduct of a healthy sense of self and a healthy relationship. So when we can get those two things in place, the foundational piece being you first, great sex is inevitable. Mm, That's so good. And I love that it really is so much, I mean, kind of going back to what we said, it is so much more than just like penis and vagina, like just what you described, like that is a whole experience that depends so much on you that relationship, the spat, like there's so many different moving parts to it that come together to be something so beautiful that mm-hmm. would add so much value and, and abundance to a person's life to be able to connect in that way on a regular yeah. basis. Well, and when you have that a healthy sense of self, a healthy relationship, a healthy sex life, things are going good. Like everything just gets better. I mean, I am truly a testament to that. Like my mental health is better. My physical health is better. Like I'm able to parent my children so much better. I, I have a better relationship with my husband. I have a better relationship with friends. I have a better relationship to different things I do at church, like work. Amazing. Like everything gets better when we have those foundational pieces in place. So then what would you say? And I'm sure there's much more to this question than can be answered in a single answer, but in terms of educating youth in preparation for sex and marriage, right? There's so much to that, but if you had to, you know, summarize what it would be that you would want to instill in youth before getting to, uh, before getting to marriage, what would you say? Mm -hmm. What would that look like? Well, I mean, I have five children. Um, they range in age from 12 to 21 at this point. So I have young adults that I have very open and frank conversations about sex with. And it wasn't always this way. Like it took me a while to get here. Right. But like, I mean, my 21 year old son will call me up and go, okay, I have a question. He listens to my podcast. Like it's amazing. (laughs) He follows me on Instagram. He comments on things. It's (laughs) so hilarious. Oh my gosh. son of He'll ask me a question and we'll have a two and a half hour conversation about it. Yeah. And he's like, no, wait, 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 that's not right. And I'm like, yeah, bud, come on. And then like my, um, I have a 19 year old daughter as well. And like she and I have great conversations about it. And like, she has friends that, you know, have a lot of questions that didn't have 
you know, don't have a parent that's as open about it, which she's educating them too. But she's like, just go talk to my mom. She'll talk to you about anything. <laughs> it's so funny. So funny. But really, you know, the key to this is first becoming comfortable with your own sexuality mm-hmm. so that then you can communicate it to your children so much better. They're going to still not want to talk about it. It's totally, yeah. I mean, my 13 year old son doesn't want to talk about it and that's okay. I talk about it all the time anyway. Yes. Yeah. Right? But what, but the biggest thing that I talk to my kids about in different varying stages, depending on their age, and this has started much younger is first, the six principles of sexual health, which I have a podcast on. So mm-hmm. talking about, um, consent, um, honesty, shared values, mutual pleasure, protection from pregnancy, STIs. Yeah, and I forget the next one, <laughs> but it's yep. in there too. But yep. talking about that in different ways, depending on their age, right? It's like consent is a really big deal for all ages. Honesty is a big deal. Figuring out what your values. So that's really where I come from with my kids is value-based because their values actually might be different than mine, yeah. right? So you have to decide what your values are as an individual. Do Are they in alignment with what our families is, what our churches is? Or do you have different ideas that you really feel is true and right for you? Not just what feels good in the moment, but right. what, like when you're thinking outside of the moment, what feels true and right for you? And then are you acting in alignment with those values? That's the way we talk about sex. That's the way we talk about pornography. That's the way we talk about lots of different, I mean, even like behavior is, are you behaving in a way that is in alignment with your values? And if you're not, how can you bring yourself back to that? And how can I love you and support you through all of that? Because like, I, I mean, I've had issues with kids with pornography and stuff like that. And because we, the way that we talk about it in our family, you know, they'll come and say, mom, I've, you know, I'm struggling with this. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I love you. What can I do to help? And so they keep coming to me. Yes. Because they know that I'm not like getting mad at them. I've, I've told them you will never, ever get in trouble. That doesn't mean that as a parent, I'm not, you know, trying to set up protections on our Wi-Fi right. and stuff like mm-hmm. stuff like that. Right. But they know that they're not going to get in trouble. They know that it's just, we've talked about how, you know, it's coping mechanisms. We don't feel good and we want to feel better. And that's a really easy way to feel better. Mm-hmm. And so we talk about it that way. So it's just like, what can we do so that you can feel better? What can we do the next time you're not feeling good instead of turning to pornography? Can you come talk to me about it? How you're not feeling good. Can you go for a run? Can you, you know, connection with people is one of the best things that you can do when you're not feeling good. So who can you connect with and having those kinds of conversations makes things so much better. I also think as far as parents are concerned, modeling a good physical relationship for your children. Mm. So um, like I noticed growing up that when my dad would put his arms around my mom to hug her or like, you know, smack her on the butt or kiss her neck or whatever, she would totally stiffen up. And like, but like my dad's parents, like my grandma totally relaxes into my grandpa. Like they have the cutest relationship. They're like in their eighties and we're like, go get a room. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. They're so cute, but like, you can just see. And so, you know, modeling, and that doesn't mean, you know, you're having sex in front of your kids, obviously not, but my kids absolutely know that we have sex and that we have a lot of sex (laughs) Yeah, and we're not shy about it at all. We talk about it all the time. Right. I mean, not in a gross way, but just like, 
they know that they're not allowed in our room, that the door is locked. It's a funny story. So my daughter that's 19 now, when she was 16, she came home one weekend night and knocked on the door to let me know that she was home for the night. And I was like, okay, I'll see you in the morning. And she's like, no, I need to talk to you. And I'm like, uh, okay, it'll be a minute. <laughs> and she's like, okay. She literally stood right outside my door, but we okay. finished up what we were doing and, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, just kept going as long as we need to go. And then I put a robe on and I come out and she looks at me. She's like, so did you have fun? And I was like, yes, I did. Most certainly I did. <laughs> yeah. And I just think like her knowing that like, I like sex. Yeah. I enjoy sex. Right. And it's okay for women to enjoy sex. That is a great thing to model for your kids. And of course, kids don't want to know the nitty gritty details, but they actually do want to know that their parents have a good physical relationship and provide safety and security for them. And wow. they know wow. that like, you know, if mom and dad have a good sexual relationship, then it's possible for me to have one too. Yes. Yes. Okay. And I just read a post, I think it was Dr. Julie Hanks that posted about it, how the most harmful thing you can do is to not have any conversations or something along yeah. those lines, just to not yeah. have any type of communication or conversations about sex with your children and how detrimental that can be. And mm -hmm. so I think that going to the complete other end of the spectrum and both having those conversations and modeling that behavior, mm -hmm. I mean, I just think of what type of effect that could have just to be like, Oh, this is normal. This is okay. This is possible. Yeah. yeah. Like what type of effect that could have on a youth leading into yeah. a marriage to be like, no, I know that this is possible. I know that this isn't a big deal that it's can be amazing. Like that type yeah. of mindset is, I mean, it's kind of opposite to what most that I talk to are going into marriage with. Absolutely. I mean, you know, when I was getting married the first time I was, I got married nine days after I turned 19. Like I have two kids older than I am <laughs> when I got married at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but so my mom who had never talked to me about sex ever yeah. like it was my dad that gave me my sex talks her sole advice to me was you know it's gonna hurt right just oh. do it whenever he wants and it'll make things so much better and I'm like that was the worst advice <laughs> in the entire world Thank you, because mom. one it doesn't ever have to hurt not even the first time yeah if it's done right and two, no, you shouldn't just do it whenever you went whenever your husband wants, because that creates so much resentment in a marriage. You have to figure out how to make it good for you and do it when you want to, and not just when he wants. And I think, you know, work towards doing it a lot. That if you like it, then you're going to do want to do it more. Right. Yeah. But even if you are normally don't want it or normally you do want it and he asks and you don't feel like it, it's okay to say no. And I think that's such an important thing for women to realize. And what you said earlier about you have to say no so that the yes is truly authentic, right? Absolutely. Because there is so much that goes on under the surface of like resentment when you're just constantly saying yes. And I think that, yeah. that again, just this empowering idea that as a woman, you can always say no. Right. And I, mean, I think it's, a, it's about consent, right? We yeah, talked about yeah, that, right. like a lot of people think, well, consent doesn't really exist in marriage, which it absolutely does. Yeah. But consent isn't just like, yeah, okay. It is a wholehearted, yes, this is what I want. I'm expecting to have a good time. I'm going to show up and be present. That is what consent is. And if you're not showing up that way, it is not considered consensual sex, my friends. It's not. It's not sexually healthy. Yeah. So we have to get to, to a place. Now, a lot of people come to me and go, so I'm just supposed to say yes all the time. I'm like, no, <laughs> absolutely not. We want to get you to a place where you want to say yes more. Right. But if you want to say no, 
honor that in yourself. Yeah. Honor that in yourself and be okay with him being a little bit upset or grumpy about it. It's okay. Yeah. That emotional independence is so important. Right? So freeing. So freeing. So freeing. Just let him be grumpy. It's okay. Yeah. Right. But you have to build that relationship with yourself first. So that you that means you if you really don't want to, you say no. Well, I think that is a fabulous message to just hammer home. Yeah. That's, that's the first piece is you have to really start to develop that relationship with yourself to love Mm -hmm. and honor yourself, to listen to what it is that you want. And if you don't want it to really honor that lack of desire so that when you do want it, it just becomes so much more whole and authentic. Yeah. Where can people find you? Because if people aren't sold on you after this, (laughs) them down and make sure they are, because this is so good. Yes. So my website is amandalouder.com. Louder, like I'm really loud. <laughs> That's, it's a very fitting name. <laughs> um, my podcast is called Sex for Saints and it's available on all the podcast platforms. And then you can find me on social media at Amanda Louder Coaching. So good. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Amanda. You're the best. Thanks for having me.